0: Welcome to PeopleTech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Today we're talking to Doug Leonard, the CEO of Clovers AI. We're going to talk about how recruiters can operate successfully in today's unsettled market, the impact technology's had on recruiting's evolution, and movement toward diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. That and more on this edition of People Tech. Doug, it's great to see you. Thank you. It's great to see you too. In terms of recruiting, how would you wrap up 2021? And what do you think recruiters should be prepared for during 2022?
1: Yeah, let's start with uh, last year. And I think the wrap-up is the old saying the war on for talent is alive and well. And Mark, uh, I don't know if you recall that term was coined in probably the early aughts or late 90s by McKinsey. And at a certain point you realize that holy cow, that is never going away. And it is, I, I think it's still as as real and alive as it was. 20 years ago, the war for talent, it continues. And there's a bunch of trends that are forcing that to happen. Um, but I think that that's probably the thesis statement from last year because so much has changed this year, last year, you know.
0: Well, and, and what about 2022?
1: So I, I, I expect that it's gonna continue. I think that, you know, like so many facets in our lives, the pandemic has changed so much, right? And one thing it did, especially in the talent acquisition space, is it starts to create this geographic fluidity. Like remember, there was a point I used to live up in the Northeast and in Fairfield County. And it was like, okay, you're going to work in Manhattan, you're going to work in Greenwich, Connecticut, you're going to work in Westchester, New York. And I was really bound by where you live. And boy, times have changed. Uh, It is not it, usually when people post recs these days, it's it's not even like, hey, you know, you got to live in Pittsburgh, you got to live in New Jersey. It, it's like it's like the 10th thing on the list of where you live. And I think that opens up um, a lot of opportunity for a lot of different people. And man, that is going to continue. Um, even when you look at some companies, uh, you know, they 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 used to say, well, you you know, you, you have to come into the office, maybe, you know, two years ago, maybe it was three, four times a week, now it is hybrid. And that hybrid is not going away. People, uh, because people want it. People are demanding that, like, look, I don't need to go and commute into Manhattan every day and take a train for two hours a day uh, if, if I don't have to. And that just does so much for the labor pool. It does so much for businesses because now all of a sudden you get talent from anywhere in the world. And you know you could use you use Zoom just like we're doing today. Uh, I think it just changes it changes things. We're going to continue to see that. The other thing is that Great Resignation is real, and uh, people have choices. And I think technology is allowing all of these choices to be available to people, um, no matter where they live, and it's going to continue. And they want to have a job with purpose. And if they don't feel they have a job with purpose, they're gonna go online and they're gonna have access to jobs, recs all over the world, and they're gonna pick exactly what they want. So that great resignation is gonna stick and it's gonna be here this, this coming year uh, as it was last year. And it's going to have a, a big, big impact on, on talent acquisition for sure.
0: Let, let me drill down a little bit and into 2021. Remote recruiting became ubiquitous pretty much during the year. Sure did. Is it here to stay? I mean, how how do you anticipate it impacting recruiters' overall approach to talent acquisition?
1: Yeah. So I I do think it's here to stay. Um, And and I can give you the actual data uh, that will show that most companies are using video conferencing tools for most parts of their business that includes talent acquisition there's a lot of hope that this pandemic is eventually going to end uh and i think that even if it does end which hopefully it does in 2022 um even if it does end companies are still saying hey uh we're going to continue to do remote interview some part of the process right uh it's such a great tool for the early part of the interview, right? Um, and I'm so reluctant. I don't use the word screen because no one wants to be screened. Uh, but having that initial dialogue on video, that will continue, I think, for as long as we have video conferencing tools and people use it and it's, you know, it'll continue to be ubiquitous. And, and I'm not the only one, right, that, that says this. If you look at Microsoft Teams, you look at Zoom, you look at Cisco's WebEx, you look at Google Meets, all of their CEOs, all of their executives are putting tons of money, tons of assets and resource resources into developing these tools. And you know, they don't do this haphazardly. They're putting money into the tools that help us be more productive. That is going to continue, no question.
0: Another thing that became a thing. Uh, during 2021 was internal mobility. Um, mm-hmm. More companies are incorporating that into their recruiting efforts. Will that continue? And what should recruiters be thinking about?
1: Yeah. So I I I often look at things from a macroeconomic standpoint. And look the the we're at near full employment mark. Right. A, a healthy and robust economy is about 4% unemployment. So there's 4% of the people that just don't need to work or they don't wanna work or they're not in the workforce. But when that labor pool gets restricted to that level, 4%, I think they get a lot more choices and companies have to bend to help them. So what that means is as you interview somebody, you're not just interview them and interviewing them for the job that's there today. You have to have a game plan and a pathway for people that includes internal mobility. And it, it started to crop up with, um, I believe it was millennials, where you know you, you, you hire them and they say, okay, when am I going to be the CEO? When am I going to be the VP? And we kind of chuckled at that. And we we're like, oh, come on, you got to put your time in. But today it's not like that. I think because the labor pool is so uh, constricted, you really do have to think about what does the pathway look like for five years and give people an idea of what they can do. And boy, you better put that into practice with actual plans, formal strategies around internal mobility, internal, internal mobility is so critical. And I I, look at my own little company, you know, we have 50 employees based in, we have South America and we have in the United States. Uh, And, and I charge my team with like, OK, great. We hired them as this particular role. You know, what does the next three years look like? And you know what? The, the people love that. Right. And I love it because I want to keep the great talent that I have. And it's economical, too. Right. Does it make more sense for me to make sure I'm putting the right people in the right jobs and growing people? Or, or do I incur the cost of hiring someone off the street? Uh, Internal mobility makes sense in so many ways, and it's going to continue to be a really important part. And I I had a great conversation with the the leader of talent acquisition at IBM uh, a couple of months ago, and she was talking to me about it. It's like, look, we were really good at recruiting. We did a great job of recruiting. We did a terrible job of mapping out what internal mobility looked like over the years, even though there was tons of opportunities at IBM. Uh, and that was something they wanted to focus on. And IBM is not alone. This is everybody. Right. And, it, and it's always driven uh, by the candidate, by the employee. They're like, look, I, I don't want to do the same thing for five years. I, I want to be able to grow my talents and do the things that I want to do with passion and vigor. Uh, and, and it's, it's great to continue to develop.
0: Let me shift gears a bit, just uh, talk about diversity. It mm-hmm. became uh, A more pressing concern in the last 12 months. Candidates are paying more attention to it. And the talk has evolved from diversity to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Can you talk about how DEIB fits into today's recruiting process?
1: Sure. And again, I I look at it again from an economic standpoint first, because that's kind of my, my roots. The cost of not doing a true diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging program, the costs of doing it wrong are staggering. Okay, so there's that economic part that I think companies are starting to recognize. I think that the recognition was sparked by all the social justice things that happened in the last two years. It actually moved the needle significantly. When I was selling talent management systems and programs years ago, I would have the conversation with the CHRO or the VP of HR. And we would talk about diversity, you're right, it was just diversity. Um, And they were like, yes, we absolutely want to do it. And you know what was behind? Yes, we absolutely want to do it, nothing. Other than we know we have to do it. After all the social unrest, after all the, and social unrest was a great thing because I mean, it was a terrible thing that actually happened. But the good thing about it was it held a mirror up to the executives and it held a mirror up to us collectively and said, you know, we have to do way better from a social standpoint. And then people started looking at it from an economic standpoint and it makes sense on all those levels. It's ethical, it's moral, it's economical and it's fair. And if you look the way um, there's areas in the country. That have always done well economically, you know, you look at the West Coast, different pockets in the West Coast. You look at Silicon Slopes, which is in Salt Lake. You look at New York City. <clears throat> great. But there's po- po- pockets in Mississippi, uh, pockets in parts of Texas, pockets in parts of Montana or whatever that people just didn't have opportunity. And now they have opportunity because Again, there's geographic fluidity. It doesn't matter where you live. And also now there's a real intent and a process to be more diverse and not just hire people that look like you and sound like you. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm grateful that it's happening. Um, I've seen a material change in, in the types of uh, people that are being hired. And I I have a a great conversation with the CEO of um, NAACP, and this is about two months ago. And he said to me, his name is Derek Johnson. He says, look, first thing is the intent. A company needs to have intent. I think companies got the intent. They want to do it. You know, there's never been more chief diversity officers ever in the history of American business or global business. There's now, I think, 65 or 70 percent of them were hired in the last 18 months. That means companies are putting calories into it. They're putting effort. They're putting actual process behind this C-level position. And that's what Derek, uh, uh, Derek was saying, Derek Johnson from NAACP He's like, great, start with intention, but make sure you do something about it. And that's what we're doing now. And, and Clovers, I'm not trying to plug my product here, but you know, Clovers is part of that. There's, it's just one thing that we could do to do a great job in ex- being uh, more equitable across the board. The world's
0: best known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy Hold Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. Now, you know, all of these things are a part of the new normal, I'd say. Yes. In recruiting. So, how can recruiters use technology to adjust to all of this and manage it?
1: Yeah. I, I you know, I love that, that question. And again, it's so funny, like a lot of these are, my answers are uh, foundational in economics. The VCs, the VC community, they're also very grounded in economics, right? If you look at the amount of investment in talent acquisition, in talent management from the VCs over the last five years, let's say four years ago, it was $2 billion in venture funding. 3 billion the next year, you know, and you keep kind of it kind of inches up in the billion low billions, two billion. Do you know what it was in, in 2021? The investment in in basically human capital or talent management and recruiting? The investment was 15 billion. Okay. So from an economic standpoint, the VCs uh, and that VC money does drive a lot of innovation. The VC money is there and now there's tools. And it goes back to what I said about Derek Johnson. He's like, do something about it. Look, the investments are there. The money is there. Now the innovation is there and now you have to be exposed to it. So I, I think a long way to answer your question, I'm sorry about that. But when you look at a talent acquisition or a recruiter, They have to look at the tools that are out there and they have to adopt their processes in order to utilize them. And I think that's going to happen. And there's magic things that they always had to do. The the biggest thing for talent acquisition, one of the biggest things, is time to hire. Do you think technology can improve time to hire? Can we make the process better? Can we make the process more fair? Can you make the process more consistent? The answer is yes. So there has to be a willingness, there has to be an intent to get better, to use the technology, and then to implement processes that actually uh, leverage those those technologies. And I I think that's it. And in the past, I think recruiters were really, they they had a process, they're going to stick to their process. I remember talking to a recruiter years ago, and they are like, Doug, it takes me five different major steps for me to hire somebody within these five steps. It's 23 clicks per candidate. And there's the process. And here's the emails. And here's how we ask the questions. And it was like so detailed, right? Um, all of that needs to be disrupted. The disruption needs to be like, all right, look at all your steps. What can we improve? How can we improve it? and what technology is out there to do it. And the good news is the money is there, the innovation's there, new companies are here, and it's all there at the fingertips. And now, now it's time to deploy and it's time to get better. And man, it and it will still improve, it'll improve DEI&B, but it'll also improve quality of hire. It'll improve time to hire. I mean, they're going to continue to look at those things, right? And those things are super important. And speed, 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 right? And uh, I think that's where technology has historically always given uh, a, ton, a, a big advantage is in speed, speed, quality. speed. Can we do it better than you did last year? And I think that those things are going to happen. And the other thing that's going to happen, this is, I guess, anecdotal in a way. Look, we don't have face-to-face meetings as much anymore. It's virtual uh, oftentimes. But there's tools, too, to improve engagement. If you look at the tools that were deployed over the years, it almost dehumanized the process because you're talking to bots and you're talking with technology and everything is automated. Candidates don't love that, right? Candidates want to be able to find uh, a, a, a career that is purposeful And you can't do that when you're talking to a bot, right? I don't serve bots, bots need to serve us. So that's another thing that needs to be looked at from a a recruiter standpoint. It's like, look, don't dehumanize the process by making it like an ATM transaction. These are humans that are going through an interview process. I think those are the big things that are gonna change and we have to keep an eye on.
0: Doug, thank you. It's really great to talk to you about this. It's my pleasure. guest today has been Doug Leonard, the CEO of Clover's AI. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report, where we're publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.HCMTechnologyReport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out.
1: Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told.